it's private. You maintain control. It's decentralized. It's safe and secure. And no, I'm not talking about cryptocurrency. I'm talking about you owning and operating a private banking system. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents channel. My name is Jesse Durham. For today's topic of discussion, we are going to be covering cryptocurrency and we're going to be doing so with an infinite banking lens. So let's start with some definitions. Let's start by establishing some parameters in this discussion. I'm not going to be giving advice. I'm not going to be making investment advice, but we are going to have a conversation about a subject that is in popular discussion right now, financially speaking. And again, I can easily preface by saying that everything is finance. So let's start there. What do I mean by finance? Where does the rubber meet the road when discussing two different subjects? They are different subjects, such as cryptocurrency, whether you view cryptocurrency as an investment, as a means of exchange itself, and that'll be part of our discussion on definitions here in a moment, I suppose, or the banking function, because the banking function takes place on everything, on investments, on exchanges. Banking just is. Banking is a function. I'm here to promote the idea that you can become your own banker. You can provide an account and own and control that function for yourself in your household, in your business, in your investing, whatever that may happen to look like, whatever financial footprint we all have, the banking function just is, it takes place, and we can own that, control that, use that, benefit from that, or not. Or we could, add, that's certainly the mainstream approach right now. It's the system that we're all born into. We conventionally finance things. There are some folks that pay cash for everything. My cash is king, folks, debt is dumb, folks. Either way, Banking just is. It's a function. It's a process. So I'm not necessarily going to be talking about or focusing too much on any product, any product, but rather the process of banking. So when we realize that everything is financed, meaning, and I'm not saying that you should, but I'm discussing the subject of cryptocurrency because people are buying cryptocurrency. People are selling cryptocurrency. People are holding on to cryptocurrency. Some are exchanging it. So let's 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 walk that out and see where we should point out some consideration. Let's consider how cryptocurrency is procured. So again, I'm not saying to get it or not to get it, but if you do get it, just like you get anything else, what are you getting it with? The dollar. So, and, and I completely understand that the dollar is a fiat currency. It's been a long time since we were tied to any sort of a gold standard. So I understand that the United States dollar is a fiat currency, but let's also recognize that it is the world's currency at this time, has been for a while. So I know there are lots of strong feelings on, on so many facets of this entire subject. And that's why it's going to make an interesting conversation. I, I have no doubt there'll be lots of great commentary to look forward to and, and perhaps some questions. But how are cryptocurrencies procured? Well, they're procured with dollars. And again, 
money is just a means of exchange. So there is an exchange of dollars for whatever type of cryptocurrency we're talking about here. The banking function takes place on that. It, it, that would be an investment, and some are going to say that it's a speculative one. Some are going to say it's a sure one. I'm not trying to get on either side of that fence, per se, but actually focus in just on the banking function itself. I mean, if we're taking dollars from income or cash flows that we have, and we decide to go out and procure cryptocurrency or anything else, you do realize that we could be talking about real estate we could be talking about precious metals we could be talking about commodities we could be talking about businesses we could be talking about stocks bonds mutual funds paper assets we could be talking about any number of things but if we take income or cash flow well literally where did that come from and where did it touch base along the way before the point where we procured cryptocurrency was it deposited somewhere in a conventional bank. Okay, great thing to consider. Okay, so if it was, who owned that bank? Also a great question to ask, because that bank, it pays dividends. Someone owns it. Someone gets to access and leverage and compound interest off of the deposits made into that commercial bank. See, right there from the get-go, I'm pointing out that's the banking function. Someone owns that bank. I think it should be you. You for you, me for me. Bringing banking back to the me and you level is everything that Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash, the book, is about. So someone owns that bank. Someone is compounding those deposits. Someone is leveraging that capital. I'm just saying insert ourselves into that position instead of someone else. Now, if from there we want to leverage capital, so whatever that position happens to be. So instead of a commercial bank, I would promote the idea that that entity should be a properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company that pays dividends. Now, if you've not heard me say it, if this is the first time you're hearing me say that particular line, I'm saying a properly structured, meaning structured for a high cash value immediately in the life of that policy. Because I know you've heard plenty of horrible things about life insurance, whole life insurance in particular. And I'd point out that most people's understanding of whole life insurance is based off of someone else's misunderstanding. So when I say properly structured, I'm saying for the banking purpose, a policy should be individually, specifically structured for the individual that specifically owns it. So properly structured with a mutual company, and that just simply means that you're part owner in that company. It's not a stock company where stockholders receive dividends, but the policy holders, the policy owners receive dividends. And then that last part being the dividend itself. And the kinds of companies that I'm talking about, because I'm not talking about one particular company, I'm not married to any one particular company, I'm married to my wife Lauren. I personally own multiple policies with multiple companies, and these companies have paid dividends for well over 100 years. And again, who are they going to pay that to? They're going to pay it to the mutual owners of that company. So a properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company is the entity that can allow us to privatize our banking. Okay, so we're talking about deposits. We're talking about who owns that banking system where our deposits 
are made. And then wherever it is, whatever it is, you decide to deploy or employ your capital towards from that entity. And again, I'm saying it should be your entity. You should be the owner. You should be the one in control. You should be the one that's mitigated risk, but compounded your deposits, etc. Lots of different things. Lots of great things. When you deploy that capital for anything, in this particular conversation, we're talking about procuring cryptocurrency. Perhaps, again, I'm not making any suggestions. I'm not saying one way or the other, but folks are doing it. So I'm just asking those that are doing it, that are thinking about doing it, and those that are not. Because again, I could be talking about real estate, paper assets, fill in the blank. When we deploy our capital for something, and we do, even, it's, even if it's something as simple as running our household, even if it's something as simple as family vacations or the vehicles that are parked out in our yard or the business equipment that we're buying for our business or the taxes that we pay, we all finance things in our households, in our businesses. Yes, we can add investments into that. Everything is financed. So we could be talking about anything. But when we deploy our capital for something, that capital is now represented in that thing. Now, I would point out that if we've already leveraged that capital once by having it deposited in an entity that we own and control, that is an appreciating asset. And again, I'm referencing a properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company or system of policies. If we've already put those dollars to one task where they're going to be compounding uninterrupted forever for the lifetime of that policy, and we've also leveraged that capital, leveraged that capital from a policy by making a policy loan from the insurance company, our premiums continue uninterrupted compounding. We leverage the capital to procure whatever it is that we decide to procure. Again, vacations, cars in the driveway, could be cryptocurrency. Now that capital is represented here, but not just here. So that first step I'm pointing out here is a mitigation of the risk that we may or may not assume in buying a vehicle or in buying a cryptocurrency or in buying a real estate property, whatever it is that we're employing that capital for. Because of that compounding that goes interrupted, and the leverage that we've are so beautiful. Now, if this item, this cryptocurrency or what have you, but if this cryptocurrency is something that we expect or does have an opportunity to earn us something, beautiful, beautiful. I, no doubt folks are making money with cryptocurrency no doubt that looks so many different ways for so many different people also. And there are lots of things to consider, like, is it taxed? What kind of risk are you assuming? So again, I, I think it behooves us to always ask, sure. And again, I'm not giving advice, but there's nothing wrong with asking the questions of what risk am I assuming? How knowledgeable am I about this space? How much control do I maintain once I do employ my capital in this space? Am I exposed to litigation? Am I exposed to inflation? How conservative or safe or secure is this thing? 
So there are lots and lots of questions to ask. Am I going to be taxed, capital gains tax, etc.? Those are those are important questions to ask. But again, you you're going to do with your capital what you want to do with your capital. Me for me. Great questions to ask about this thing though. And from here I would say, well, if there's a loss, if we experience a loss, Thankfully, we've already leveraged one level on the capital that we use to employ in this space. So that's great. Likewise, if we experience a gain. Fantastic. I hope you're all experiencing gains. If we experience a gain, my question then is, well, where do we put any surplus? Where do we put profits? And furthermore, once we really understand how banking works and realize that this was financed itself, where's the return of principal going to go? Where is the interest that we otherwise would pay for loaned money? Okay, I know we made that loan um, at our own choosing. But again, if interest is going to be paid, and it should, if we're going to be honest bankers with our money, because again, if we borrowed from a commercial bank, would there be interest paid back on their terms and conditions? Absolutely. The return of principal, profit, all of that. So let's do that for ourselves, be an honest banker. So the return of principal, interest, any profits that we experience. Here's Nash's second book title in my question. Where are we going to warehouse that wealth? Wealth must reside somewhere. Where's that going to reside? Again, I think that points back to our entity that we create, our privatized banking system. That's where we deployed that capital from. That's where we begin at compounding in the first place. That's where we maintain control and access to that capital. That's where we can operate in accessing capital in a tax-free environment. Policy loans are tax-free. And the eventual windfall from a policy, i.e. a death benefit, is a tax-free transfer of wealth to whoever our beneficiaries happen to be. So I'm just trying to get us to look at this cycle of money being deposited, earned, earned somewhere, being deposited somewhere, being deployed to another space, perhaps, whatever that space happens to be, and then it being recaptured plus interest, plus profits back into an entity that we own and control, hopefully. That's what I'm saying. If you're a client, you're already experiencing this. If you're vetting this idea of becoming your own banker, of the infinite banking concept, you know, I'm just trying to give a, a visual representation here of our flow of money. You know, Nash in his book would talk about the world system has one pool of water, really. The rain that precipitates from clouds, you know, that condenses way up high and then drops down, lands in a brook, in a creek, in a pond, in a lake. Eventually it goes back to the oceans. Some of it even goes through our bodies, he points out. What a, what a very intricate and neat system. But it's a system. It's really one pool of, of water. And then that cycle just takes place again. So same thing with money. The question is this. How much of the money that comes through our hands do we really control? Are we really putting to work? Are we really 
keeping, and again, I'm not talking about investments per se. I'm trying to focus on the banking function that takes place. Banking just is. It happens. How much of that do we control in our own lives? Just like the, the water that we experience. I mean, our bodies are mostly made up of water. We have to have it. And who, who was it said? Zig Ziglar or Les Brown, one of them said, you know, money's like pr pretty much up there with oxygen. Okay, so we have it and it comes through our hands. How much of that do we keep? How much of that do we control? How much of that do we maintain? And depending on how far range we can think and plan, we could be talking about intergenerational keeping of money, growing of money. Owning the banking function in our life. Owning a system of policies that allow us to eventually, over the course of our lifetime, account for 100% of our need of finance. The vehicles, the vacations, the medications, a lot of the shuns, if you've heard me say that before, the business equipment, the investments, passive income or retirement, college funding. I mean, so many different things. It's called the infinite banking concept for a reason. So I'm just, with this subject of cryptocurrency being a relatively new idea, I mean, especially in comparison to things that, you know, matter to us, let's say the, the dollar coming off of the gold standard in the 70s, walk that back another point in history, 1913, tax code here in the United States began, walk back much further than that, life insurance being around for over 200 years, well, okay, just to put some perspective on things, if cryptocurrency is something you're considering, something that you're studying, something that you're becoming more aware of, something that you're doing, fantastic, who controls the banking function in your life? See, I've got lots of folks that, that are friends of mine, people doing things in this space. And that's always my question is, who controls the banking function in your life? And I'm not trying to split hairs by asking questions about just the dollar because money's just a means of exchange. Salt has been money before. Tobacco has been money before. Precious metals has been money before. Money's just a means of exchange. Wealth, Nash pointed out that wealth is goods and services. Goods and services is wealth. Money's just the medium of exchange for those things. And there's no question that the bankers have always, always been in a position of, of power and leveraging other people's money and, and things like that. So when we can do that for ourselves and we control that banking function for the procurement of goods and services, I mean, how much better off are we going to be? Actually, I'm thinking right now of, I've traveled to Peru several times before in my life. And I, at some point, I actually paid attention to the, the coinage down there. And the coinage is called Nuevo Sol. It means new sun. Nuevo Sol, new sun. And I thought that was interesting at first. Okay, neat name, calling it a sun. S-U-N, really neat. But at some point, I can't remember when it struck me, but it struck me that new sun. Why is this Why is this, this monetary unit called the new sun? Well, Peru, like other places before it, has had 
different currencies with with different names and and perhaps there were collapses and you know we see we see things and nowadays where socialism has maybe impacted certain areas and you see collapse taking place and that's its own subject and maybe maybe we'll get to that also at some point personally I'm, I, I'm a capitalist I, I care about things like the law this is this is a book I'm currently making my pamphlet uh, that I'm currently making my way through Frederick Bastiat a French gentleman wrote that during the French Revolution uh, and again I'm still making my way through that it was recommended from the reading the recommended reading in Nash's book becoming your own banker so I like the idea of capitalism I like the idea of personal freedom and responsibility be that as it may life liberty the pursuit of happiness be that as it may in Peru, I eventually realized that this monetary system had collapsed one way or another at some point before, and this new monetary unit was called the New Sun. It had to be given a, a, a new name. So I'm pointing out money is simply a means of exchange. It's been salt, tobacco, precious metals. It's been different things before, but it's a means of exchange for goods and services. And banking is a function. Banking is not a product. Banking is a process. I'm here to promote the idea that you can become your own banker. You should consider who controls the banking function in your life. Whether you feel bullish or bearish on cryptocurrencies or the U.S. dollar. And again, it's a fiat currency. And history has given us lots of examples about interesting things in fact i would encourage you to read a book that nash co-authored with carlos lar and bob murphy called how privatized banking really works it's very insightful into the federal reserve government money lot privatized banking it's very very interesting how privatized banking really works great book i encourage you to check that one out so if i do though narrow in on cryptocurrency for a moment i'm not saying to, to to buy it, to hold it, to sell it, to, to exchange it. I'm not making any recommendations. I think it's curious that we're asked about have we bought or sold or owned cryptocurrencies in tax forms. We're seeing that in tax forms now. Um, is the government going to be making its own cryptocurrency? Maybe. I, I don't know. Can I control that? No. Can you? No. I would point out that cryptocurrency is valued and bought and sold and exchanged in dollars. In dollars. So again, I know this, this is a wide spectrum where you got the Robert Kiyosaki's of the world saying that the dollar is debt. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a debt note is what it is and he feels great about debt uses debt loves debt self self-proclaimed debt lover over here you've got the dave ramseys of the world that say cash is king debt is dumb okay either way the the monetary unit that we're talking about here in the u.s is the dollar i'm not excited about us having a fiat currency but again can i control that can you control that no but what permeates all of this whether you're using debt or not using debt, whether you're paying cash for everything or not. See, everything is financed one way or another. 
Both of those guys that I've mentioned, for example, Robert Kiyosaki, Dave Ramsey, real estate gurus. They would fit in that category of real estate gurus. One does it with debt. One does it with cash. You feel the way that you feel about that. I feel the way that I feel about that. Here's what's taking place in both instances, the banking function. Who controls the banking function? See, I think, like Nash said in his book, the most profitable thing that you could choose to do over the course of your lifetime is account for the banking function in, in your life, is to account for your need of finance. Because either, everything's finance, either we're using somebody else's money on their terms and conditions, paying them interest, and, and that cash flows or it doesn't cash flow, again, but focus on the banking function with me. It's financed. Or, and, and we, we, have to, we have to qualify for that. We have to, you know, provide two years of financials and uh, a kidney and our firstborn, whatever. And then also, on the other hand, cash is king. You pay cash for everything. Well, the whole time that you're accumulating the cash that you need for whatever it is that you're going to buy and pay cash for, you're, you're missing out and you're forfeiting the opportunity to compound and earn interest on that. And again, maybe you're even putting it in a place where you're assuming risk, getting taxed, etc. And then you liquidate it. I mean, there's the common denominator also is in either case, when you pay something off that you went into debt for or you pay cash for something, you go back to zero. You go back to zero. Well, my whole point there is what if you accounted for the banking function in your life? What if you owned the entity wherein you could compound your capital yet still access your capital, leverage it to deploy for the things that you're going to do anyway? I mean, just add that one step. Who controls that banking entity? You. If you owned it, just changing that one step would allow you to control that, that flow. Remember that water system that we talked about in the world? Well, this is the flow of that money system where you don't have to finance it commercially. You don't have to forfeit the opportunity to earn on your money. You can become your own banker. So no matter how you feel about crypto, it's bought with dollars. Again, where did those dollars come from? What banking entity did those dollars come from to procure? And then if you're cash flowing or you're exchanging or you're earning or if you're losing, how could you keep more of that? The profits or the losses. How could you keep more of that? Who controls the banking function in your life? Who controls the bank where you're making deposits? Who owns the bank where you're making deposits? And when I was preparing for this episode, I couldn't help but think in history of was there something comparable to this phenomenon of cryptocurrency? And having lived through it, it, it sort of made me think, I'm not trying to say they're comparable. I'm just, I'm just telling you what it made me think of. I thought of the dot-com bubble. If everybody remembers how brick-and-mortar companies were making massive moves and, and brand new companies, brand new companies were just getting on the Internet, the World Wide Webs, right? And we experienced the phenomenon of this dot-com bubble where millions and billions were 
created or appraised or these companies were valued at massive amounts. And then also that bubble just it burst and that appraisal, that value was just nullified. It, and it was just quite a historical phenomenon that took place. And sure, some kept going and, you know, they were incredible. But look at the vast majority. So I'm just saying, do I know where what's happening with crypto? What's going to happen? No, and I don't think that you do either. What's going to stay the same? Banking, in whatever form it's going to assume. Banking's going to be taking place. The dollar's around for now. That's what it is. That's what it has been. That's, that's what it is. It's what we're using. I mean, what are you filling your car up with right now? What are you using to buy your groceries right now? What you pay for your last vacation? What are you going to pay for the next one? I mean, so many different things, right? I mean, what are you getting paid from your job or, or the next deal that you're closing or the commissions that you earn? It's like whatever it is you do in life. I'm just like, what are you accepting right now? And I'm not saying you wouldn't accept crypto. There are plenty of folks that would accept crypto. Uh, but we're not there to where everyone is right now. Will we be? Maybe. I don't know. But my point is going to be always this. No matter what the unit is. Remember those Nuevo Soles from Peru. Will that still be their monetary unit, unit the next time they go? I don't know. I don't know. And I can't control that. You can't control that. But you know what's still going to happen? The banking function. That's still going to be there. And I'm here to promote that idea that you can become your own banker. So let me make this very important statement. Again, I want to be very clear. If you're pro or con, if you're bearish or bullish on cryptocurrency, fantastic. Remember this. Banking just is. It's a function and a process. You can control it for yourself. You don't have to abdicate that to someone else and let them earn off of your money. You can instead. But remember, because this is a process, banking, and I'm not trying to compare, well, do IBC or do crypto. No. Infinite banking as a process, the banking function as a process is the and. Okay, so here's what I'm saying. If you own a properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company that pays a dividend and you use that entity to provide for your need of finance, can you do that and get cryptocurrency or anything else that you want? Yes. A properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company that pays a dividend is the and asset. I've heard it and I can't remember where I first heard that, but um, or I'd give give the credit. But. It's an and asset. So there's no question that a whole life policy is an appreciating asset. That it is a very, very valuable asset. One way to quickly know that is just look into Boley, bank-owned life insurance. Commercial banks own more whole life insurance than anybody else. Why is that? Okay, probably because it's a good thing for them to have in their opinion. And I agree. They're doing pretty well for themselves in that regard. So this asset, as the most perfect self-collateralizing appreciating asset that I'm aware of can be leveraged to do whatever, like get cryptocurrency or anything else. So it is the and asset. It is an asset. That's true. So it's a product. It's an asset that can be bought and owned and operated. 
Again, it should be properly structured with a mutual company. That pays a dividend. And you should be working with a competent professional that can help you with that. Hello, my name is Jesse Durham. And you can use that asset as your and asset for doing the other things that you're going to do anyway. Real estate, investments, vacations, the cars. I mean, I ask that question pretty often. What if you got every bit of the money back for every car you'll ever buy again? What if you could get the money back for every car that you'll ever buy again? For you? and your household. How much more profitable would you be? What would that do to increase the cap? So again, that's one example. And this is the infinite banking concept. We could be talking about anything. Just like right now, I'm supposed to be talking about cryptocurrency. But it's a great example. So capitalization must take place to procure anything, including cryptocurrency. Capitalization must take place. I'm asking who owns that entity where we capitalize, where we are depositing, where we are building up capital? Who owns that? Because capitalization must take place to get cryptocurrency. I'm going to say that you should own the entity that you're capitalizing, which is not the case with commercial banks. Capital is also then liquidated to procure something. Goods or services in this situation, cryptocurrency. That capitalization is liquidated. Now, I would point out again that big distinctive factor of if we deposited via policy premiums that capital first into a policy that we still own and control, no matter what happens with this cryptocurrency, good or bad, we still keep that appreciating asset, regardless of what happens here. That's a beautiful thing. That liquidation takes place for us to get the cryptocurrency. Maybe there's risk assumed. Maybe there will be taxes. That's, I'm not an advisor. That is what it is. Our capital, though, has a cost to it, I would like to point out. There should be economic value added to our income, to our money, in this process. By depositing it first into a whole life policy, we accomplish that. And then that banking function takes place from us depositing, deploying capital, procuring something for ourselves. And then again, if we'll consider where that principle should go back to, where that interest should go back to, where profits should go. I'm pointing out that we should be the ones that enjoy the growth and the benefit, the security, the control of that ownership of that entity. Who controls the banking function in your life? Crypto or no crypto? Who controls the banking function in your life? I definitely hope that this conversation has been stimulating. If you've had a breakthrough moment, let me know down in the comments. Love to hear what your takeaways are. And if you'd like to have a conversation about how to implement the infinite banking concept into your household or your business or your investing, then you can reach us at 828-817-4223 or you can email durhamtalents at gmail.com. And if this channel, if this podcast and YouTube, if this sticks out to you, if this is helpful to you, and if you have folks in your life that you'd like to see benefit from this knowledge and this powerful financial information, then 
please feel free to share with them, to subscribe, to share. I, I, this is just even uncommon for me to, to, to say and ask. It's not rehearsed. It's not practice. But I would encourage you that if you're getting something out of this channel and information, then share that with those that you'd like to see doing just as well. And this has been a great pleasure for me. I look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents Channel. Now, well, let's do that again. It is private, decentralized. You maintain control and ownership. Well, that's your app. Oh, now it's been a great day. A great day. It's private. You maintain control. Not singing a song. We're not singing a song. We're not doing that right now. <laughs>